it feels more like it's 21. Joining me in the studio this morning is our Regional Superintendent of Education, Jody Scott. Good morning, Jody. Good morning. Also, Assistant Superintendent Lori Loving. Good morning, Lori. Good morning. Good to see you both. I hope uh, I hope you're thinking of good thoughts in some warm, sunny beach somewhere. We, we were hoping to, <laughs> yeah, yes. Absolutely. As you were um, saying the forecast, I was thinking, oh, good, this weekend it's going to be warm. I'm moving <laughs> this weekend. So I'm considering 28 and 33 warm nowadays. That's yeah. the problem. Well, it's all about that wind. Yes. Yeah. If there's so no true. wind, it's... It's palatable, but yeah, we've got, it is winter, so it is, it is what it is. Ladies, tell us about the Regional Office of Education. What's going on? Well, there's always a lot going on. Um, I think right now, kind of sustaining and getting through these winter months is one of the things that we're doing. Um, We have a ton of things on the website as far as upcoming activities, so I always encourage people to go on there and check out all the wonderful things we're doing from parenting classes to, um, you know, educator coursework, um, school counselor coursework, all kinds of fun stuff that's happening through our office. Our, our departments nowadays have grown so much and, and they do so much for the community. It's just exciting as that happens. And remind us what counties you serve and what school districts. So we have Henderson, Knox, Mercer, and Warren counties. We have the nine school districts in those counties. So Mercer County, we have Mercer County School District. Henderson County, we have West Central. Uh, Warren County, we have Monmouth, Roseville, and United, and we have the five counties in Knox, or the five school districts in Knox County, Gelsberg, Rova, Williamsfield, Abington, Avon, and um, Knoxville. You've got a lot of schools to keep track of in this four-county area. Yes, yes. How are they all doing? I mean, through through this pandemic, uh, they've the teachers and staff. You've you've really got to give your your hats off to them, and what an amazing job they have had i shouldn't say not just amazing what they've been through as very challenging in their careers you know it has been i guess humbling to say the least to just watch all that our educators are doing right now and all of the adjustments they have to take and you know i mean what we forget is they have you know the health and and relationships of their own families and then they're out there trying to do all of these things and make all these changes and accommodate for all of the children that they serve so they balance their home life and their work life and they have so much more going on right now and like i I was talking about some of our events and and they still go out there and want to learn more and do better and and it's just amazing to watch all the things that they're doing right now. So I'm, I'm looking forward to a day where they can settle in. Yeah. We're not quite there yet, but um, they go above and beyond every day. Yes, they do. Thanks to our teachers, our, our staff, which includes paraprofessionals, whether it's in the cafeteria, uh, nighttime custodian, they're all in it together doing a, a spectacular job considering the circumstances. And what else you got going on, Jody? Well, I mean, you were talking about staff. I'm going to let Lori jump in because one of the ones we didn't mention are our bus drivers. And Lori's been working with our bus drivers because, of course, we're making (laughs) statewide, we're making it a little bit harder for bus drivers to be bus drivers. But again, they are working so hard and doing all that they can do. And Lori's been working with them on some new um, requirements. Okay, Lori. Yeah, so um, it's actually a federal legislation that was passed. It's and it's been a few years, several years ago, actually, and they've extended the deadline um, for it was the MAP 21 um, that impacts entry level driver training. It goes into effect February 7th of this year. Um, so I've been working with and meeting with our transportation directors from all of the nine school districts to help prepare them um, for the new requirements. Um, so. 
new bus drivers um, will have to have their CDL license along with the bus um, permit or endorsement. They will also have to go through a series of new training that wasn't required before, um, which includes a theory portion of entry-level driver training as well as behind-the-wheel training. Um, They've always been trained (laughs) prior to driving buses, both behind-the-wheel and theory, and this really just kind of makes it more of a checklist and, and increases the requirements. So we're working with our districts to see how we can collaborate. Um, We've worked on the theory portion of the training together so that the Regional Office of Education can can offer that training to the districts instead of each individual district offering their own. Um, And we're planning to meet again soon um, to work on the 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 behind-the-wheel portion. So it just it raises the bar, um, which is not a bad thing. It's just a challenge, you know, in these times when we already have a shortage of bus drivers to, you know, squeeze all of that in and not not overtax um, our our transportation directors. What are you looking for in a bus driver if someone were interested? Is it typically uh, is it a full time job? You know, I, I think that the districts have a lot of different flexibility. Um, each one does the their routes a little bit different, and the way they pay the bus drivers is a little bit different. So it's really um, going to each of the districts to see. But I, at this point, I think the school districts would take any of the above in terms of full-time, part-time. I think there's plenty of routes available. They also just need substitute um, bus drivers who are willing to come in, especially right now with, you know, the COVID situation when we have bus drivers, you know, that are having to quarantine at home. Um, they definitely put things into, you know, they were scrambling to, to cover the bus route. So I, I know sometimes even just people who, you know, have farms or work on farms in the summer months that have that CDL license, it wouldn't be a huge stretch to get them their bus endorsement and get them trained to be able to even do a substitute bus driver. Okay. So full-time, part-time substitutes uh, are needed. And it's not just a bus route necessarily to and from school. It's also basketball games, football games, and any other activity. Yes, absolutely. Yep. So I think they can, yeah, anything from 5 a.m. to (laughs) late into the evening, I think those hours are all available. Okay. Thank you so much, Lori. And again, that deadline is February 7th. Okay. There was a teacher, speaking of shortages, uh, not only with bus drivers, Jody, there was a teacher shortage survey uh, done through the Regional Office of Education statewide. What were the results? Yeah, um, that, that it's getting worse, not better, which is unfortunate. We do our annual um, teacher shortage survey through our um, association, the Illinois Association for Regional Superintendents of Schools. We do this um, survey annually. Um, the the big results, 88% of school districts say that we have a teacher um, shortage problem. Um, 77% of those folks say the shortage is getting worse. Um, locally, 100% of our folks reported that there's a teacher shortage problem and, and that it's getting worse. Um, they're seeing, schools are seeing fewer applicants and um, some, some positions are still going unfilled altogether. And on top of the teacher shortage, we have a very large substitute teacher shortage. So that is something that we're highly encouraging folks to check on and, and see if they um, are interested and able to do, again, if you have a seasonal job or things like that, our schools can use um, substitute teachers and 
uh, we're doing things in our office to help train and, and get ready for those kinds of things. So please contact us if you might be interested in that. Um, 96% of the districts across the state that completed the survey say that there's a substitute teacher shortage. So it's just continues to get worse. And then one of the other things that they studied is the impact of COVID on the shortage. Obviously, we've it's had a huge impact over the years, and then we're moving into an administrator shortage um, as we move forward. So it's just not great news, but we're doing a lot of things um, through the ROEs and, and through our statewide organizations to help, you know, eliminate the shortage someday, we hope, and, and work to change some of um, the barriers that get in the way for folks as they're working to get their teacher license. Lori? Yeah, so just to talk a little bit more about the um, substitute teachers, one of the one of the, one leg- piece of legislation that was passed that kind of helps to alleviate the sub shortage is the short-term sub option. Um, so if someone goes through a training, which is offered through our office, and I think we do them on a monthly basis and kind of rotate them around our region and also going into Macomb, um, that can prepare people for to be a short-term sub, which I think that license is available for two years. Um, and the major stipulation on that is they just can't, um, they can't sub more than six consecutive days, I think, in one particular classroom. One of the things that we did recently, and and we're kind of measuring whether it's had an impact yet or not, is we worked with Monmouth College um, and their pre-service education majors. Um, We had them go through the short-term sub training. We had them work with our licensure specialist to get their short-term sub license. And we were able to add 27 um, new short-term subs to our sub list and shared that out with the school district. And so that was just towards the end of last semester. Um, We're kind of doing a little bit of field study now to see did that have an impact on, you know, or that were the schools able to take advantage of the the students? And if it worked, then it's something that we certainly would want to replicate um, this semester and then also maybe working with like Knox College and, and expanding it beyond. So those are some of the ways that we're trying to address um, the, the shortage in substitute teachers. Yeah, why that's important is because the requirements are different for the short-term sub where you don't have to have your bachelor's degree. And so to get a substitute license, you have to have a bachelor's degree. To get the short-term sub-license, you do not. Well, way to think outside of the box, ladies. Yeah. Looking so at your resources here locally to help with, you know, a significant challenge. Yes. I mean, if we, if we can start working with the colleges for the pre-service teachers when they're available and looking at their course schedules and being able to be flexible, I think if, you know, once we see where this goes with Monmouth College, we'll definitely be reaching out to others because this is a prime opportunity to get the much needed um, time in the classroom for those pre-service teachers, right? Right. When they're subbing, as well as really fill a gap that we have. So and relief. We're really, yes. Because that's the administrator's challenge right now is covering all the classrooms, as you say, through yeah. the quarantine, the isolation. Now they have limited that down from 10 to 5 based on symptoms. So that hopefully will help out a little bit. And, you know, the state of Illinois increased first-year teacher salaries. Um, so, you know, you'll see how that impact uh, what it has on new teachers. I think the biggest concern, as we've talked over the last couple of years, is about that bachelor's degree. You have teachers who are paraprofessionals uh, in, in programs, let's say with an art history degree, um, but you need an art teacher, but they can't be a certified art teacher with only a four-year degree. 
so those are the the concerns. I know there's a program out of Florida that potentially they could take. We, yeah, we've changed. I mean, some legislation has changed based on that, based on some work that we've been able to do with the State Board of Education, and I was able to sit on that committee. Good. And we've got we've gotten some changes. It's not everything we wanted, but we have taken steps in that direction. So folks with a bachelor's degree in a content area can go directly into a classroom now. Oh, good. When they're enrolled in a program. Oh, okay. So they have a certain number of years to get their license. Okay. But, I mean, it was a huge step from where we were to where we are. So that person who has a degree in art can go straight into an art classroom, but has the three years to get their art license, right? Oh, a teaching license. But it really, those situations have helped schools in many, you know, many situations where we have found teachers that way. And people just looking at those second careers, it's just really interesting as people kind of adjust. And I think this pandemic has done something to folks to take a look at where am I at and, you know, what's my passion. And so those second career folks that are looking to work with students and make a difference in the lives of kids, you know, we've made it easier for them to come back and do that. Good to know. Good to know. Thank you for the update. And also school attendance. I know you want to talk a little bit about school attendance. Uh, another challenge that the regional office has had to face on top of many in schools, because uh, we were headed in a great direction before the pandemic. Remember the strive for less than five? Right. It was working. There were different programs, whether it was Knox County Solutions uh, program uh, with the Knox County Y and I believe with Galesburg School District. There were a lot of programs at the United Way and with you guys. And then doggone it, remote learning happened. Yeah, I think it really did kind of just, we took a big turn. And um, folks got used to, students got used to being at home. And I think our habits changed. You know, you get into a habit and, and that's where you go. So for all of our school districts, there's a big focus on school attendance um, and being in school. Um, our truancy department, our school attendance department has increased. We've almost doubled the number of staff we have. Um, we have folks that are working really, really close with families who are struggling to get students to school. Um, our truancy review board, which meets after a student has had 12 unexcused absences, they'll be scheduled for a truancy review board. And the purpose of that is really to try to understand what the barriers are for getting to school and to help connect families to um, services in our community so that they can help get their students to school on a regular basis. So we continue to work directly. I know many of our school districts kind of that's their, one of their focuses is, is attendance and, and getting kids there. Again, you, as you talked about with the, with the quarantine and the quarantine days going fewer, hopefully that helps. And um, hopefully we see schools um, or students in school we're at least we're able to play sports now. I think that helps get kids to school, but um, we still have a lot of barriers. Okay. Anything else, uh, Lori, you'd like to add from the Regional Office of Education? I can't really think of anything. Um, You know, like all of our programs, as Jody said, when we started out are just continuing to move forward the best they can um, to support families and to support the schools. I can't think of anything else that... Yeah, the only I was gonna look. I looked at our calendar, um, and we we talked about bus drivers. We talked about teachers. Um, we also have a paraprofessional shortage, and the regional office offers a parapro prep class, which has been extremely successful. We actually have one, I believe, tonight. Is today the twenty fourth? Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> we have a paraprofessional exam or a prep 
exam class tonight from three to five, but keep your eye on those because those come out regularly. Um, we have a school attendance workshop coming up tomorrow. Um, our conscious parenting class on empathy is January 26th from 4.30 to 6 um, for children, for parents of children eight and under. And, you know, what a what a awesome topic to talk yeah. about. So those classes have been fantastic. And we're continuing our Smart from the Start program at um, Discovery Depot. That's a very successful program for our youngsters um, under the age of five. We also have our Toddler Tuesdays. I mean, there's just a ton of stuff going on. Jump on our calendar and check it out. And if you have any questions, feel free to call our office. Yeah, absolutely. You can go to the regional office page. It's roe33.net. That's roe33.net. Or you can find them on Facebook as well. Ladies, keep up the good work. You're doing great things. Thank Thank you so much. Look forward to seeing you again. That is Jody Scott, Regional Superintendent, and also Assistant Regional Superintendent, Lori Loving with us on 1330 WRAM and FM 94.